Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a really fun episode, episode 109. Just last week, Ryan and I came on and talked about the Kings and just kind of the holes in the roster as it has been an up and down stretch to close off the season you can check out that episode or any of our other episodes streaming wherever you get your podcasts bringing in my co-host today as always ryan was good what is going on so we are recording tonight is say march 20th um i just got home literally got home showered hopped on the pod um from the overtime game king suns tonight um Kings, you know, couldn't hold on in overtime, but, uh, you know, anytime you don't have your best player and you're going up against the best team in the NBA um, and, and you take it to overtime, that's something to be, it, that's something to be a little proud of. I know we're not part, you know, we don't like the moral victories and we don't like that bullshit, but it, it was a competitive game, right? Like it, it was a very competitive game. And I think if, you know, Sabonis doesn't hurt the, hurt the knee at the end right there, I think Sacramento probably holds on. Um, but yeah, fun, uh, very eventful Kings weekend. Eric hit the game on Friday Celtics, uh, where the Celtics just blew us out because the Celtics fucking own us. And then, uh, me and Eric hit the Arco farewell Saturday with the, uh, with the host public or what, what do you always say, Eric? What, 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 what's the, what's the term? Started well, I, was, I would say the artist formerly known as Kings cast fresh. Yes. There you go. I was trying to get the terminology, right? Cause I, I know you always say it the same way, but yeah, we, we hit the, uh, the, the Arco farewell, a little underwhelming to, to say the least, but we have a good story about that. I'll let, I'll let Eric tell in a second. Um, and then, yeah, I hit the game tonight. So, um, I just want to throw this out of the pod. So I bought some pretty badass King sweats today, you know, like the really high quality ones they have at the team store, you know, like the $120 ones, you know, they had a little discount on them today, but anyways, I drank a little too many beers. Okay. I got up, start of overtime. I leave the sweats underneath my seat. I go take a piss to start overtime. And I decided, you know what? I'm just going to stand at midcourt, you know, above the lower bowl where my seats are and just watch, right? There's no, really no reason to go back to my seats. Well, Kings fucking blew it in overtime. They lost. I got pissed, stormed out of the stadium. And, uh, you know, my buddy's driving. I get in the car, hop on the freeway and, what do you fucking know? I realized I left my badass sweat sitting under my seat. So if anybody was at the game tonight, section 125, row V, seats five and six, and you happen to find some black sweats, um, I will pay you to give them back because they had limited supplies at the uh, at the store today. So uh, double disappointment for me, to say the least. Yeah, quite the eventful Kings weekend. Um, yeah, the game Friday was fun. I could talk about that. Talk about the bets, though, tonight, just because it's fresh on my mind, Ryan. You know, big, big betting, a big betting weekend. I took a little break after football season. You know, I definitely cleaned up during football season and 
You know, we got a rule on the podcast, Ryan. Don't bet the Kings. But I did, I did live bet the Kings today. I live bet them in the fourth quarter. I was getting, you know, you saw that game was close. I was getting plus three and a half with about seven minutes left with the Kings floating around, you know, three, three point lead. So I took that plus three and a half. It goes into overtime. I say fuck because, you know, there's just more room for air. Um, and then I got a, you know, they say you get a bad beat. Well, I got a lucky beat today, Ryan. So, you know, the game, whatever, you know, they, they, they go in, it's close to get in overtime, but there was that bullshit at the end where they did this late foul. You know, the Suns are up two, and there's a late foul with one second left, something meaningless. I'm like, okay, Jesus. So he goes, bro, I, I forget. I was at uh, Shamet. I think maybe they fouled. He misses the free throw. One of the, he goes one or two with the final and he, and the Kings covered three and a half. So, you know, that's why you, I don't like to bet basketball as much, but definitely like to bet the Kings, but Jesus, I'm, I, I covered, I hit my, my college basketball parlays um, all weekend. So your boy cleaned up this week on the betting front, right? Um, so yes, Friday, I go to the game with uh, Gus from Ziggy's. So, you know, Ziggy Smoke Shop, shout out. And so Gus and I go. We have a great time. We're, we're rolling around downtown. We get in the arena. We actually got the ticket upgrade. So we probably sat, I don't know, I'd say fourth row off the court. So that was good to, to watch the game from that close. But, man, I told Gus, I said, Gus, I'm going to clown you on the podcast today or, you know, when we record. And he's like, why? I'm like, well, you know, you listen to the podcast and we tell everybody, don't bet the Kings. But when you start drinking, right, and we say, I'm going to do it again. When you get in there and it's pregame, and it's yeah, and then so that's what happened to Gus, though. But here's the thing, okay? We had been drinking a lot. It was one of those, we hadn't been on our phone for like an hour. I knew Darren Fox was questionable. Didn't even look at my phone or anything. I just was just just having a good old time and Gus didn't either. So he bets the Kings money line plus 400. He's drunk. He starts hearing them. Not drunk. I shouldn't say that. He was, he, he had had a couple he's drinks. So he's, he's feeling good for the game. And he starts to hear the music and I see him pull up, pull out the app. And I look over and I'm, you know, Gus is a grown man. I don't want to be like, Hey, Gus, you know, don't, don't fucking do that. But I'm thinking in my head, bro, we got a rule. Don't bet the Kings. But the, but when the music's going and you have a drink in you, it has a way to get you to bet the money line. I heard it today, dude. I almost, I almost fell for it again myself for the 30th time this year, but I, I held back. I held back. That, that is a real thing, dude. That, that is a definite real thing. When that music's fucking playing and you got drinks in you and fucking deer and Fox just hit five jumpers in a row in warmups. You're like, motherfucker, this is our night. This is our night. But the, the, the thing is, is awesome. There's the music and everything. And then the lineup rolls out. He's like, dude, deer and Fox isn't, isn't playing. Where is he? I'm like, well, I, I, I knew his question. Well, honestly, dude, we've been around uh, up and about. I didn't check my phone per game. They must've, he must've just been inactive. And so that was just a waste of money. Um, but that, yeah, I, I, I had to bring it up on the pod though. Cause it's definitely, it got him, you know, the music got him. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to double down on Gus and, you know, I'm really going to pile it on right here. Cause you know, I had talked to Gus earlier in the day and, you know, just to confirm, Hey, you and Eric are hitting the game tonight. Have fun, blah, blah, blah. Gus goes, what do you think about tonight? And I said, well, you know, uh, I don't know if Darren Fox is going to play and the Celtics are a very bad matchup for Sacramento. You know, who the hell is going to guard Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? And you know what? The Celtics play hella fucking defense, okay? And I told Gus, I, honestly, I would not be surprised if they lose by 30 tonight. And he's like, dang, for real? And I'm like, yeah, man, it's going to be that kind of night. And he still went to the game. 
and still doubled down on his freaking bets and fucking lost, dude. That's what you get, though. You know, sorry, sorry, Gus. I know you're an avid listener. You're going to listen to this tomorrow morning, but you know, hey, you got to list, you know what I mean? You, you can't get emotional in there when Darren Fox is hitting, or who was it? Who, who HB's hitting jumpers and warmups on Friday night. And you're just like, damn, bro, this could be the night plus 400. I'm going to throw a hundred bucks on it. Nah, player. You got, yes. got, that's what that's called. Yeah, he got, got. And so it's, it's fun though. It's all, it's all fun to gamble. You know, occasionally you do hit those uh, money. I I had a friend I went to a while back, and we're he got got up too. He's like, "Hey, can you put a bet in for me?" I'm like, "Sure, brother. The music's going. I'm feeling it. How much? You know, what are you thinking? I'm thinking, you know, rebounds. You're trying to bet a quarter. He's like, money line. And I'm like, you're trying to bet the money. And he's he's kind of like a casual. He's like a casual fan. He just doesn't follow the Kings like that. He's like, I mean, he he wouldn't even know like who's favored or anything like that, you know. And he's and he's like, you think it's a good bet? And I said, look, it, I'll put a hundred dollars on the money line for you, but I'm just letting you know, I am no way because they know I do the podcast. They know I watch every game and shit, right? And like, hey, I in no way I'm endorsing this bet. I'm highly recommending you don't make this bet, and I'll place it anyway. He's like, go for it, fucker, hit, dude. And that's just what happens sometimes. So when you do hit, it keeps you coming back for more, dude. But yeah, Friday. The, so let me talk a little about the Friday night game, Ryan. It was a good fan experience sitting that close. Um, is always good. I get, I can tell you what, um, it's always different. You know, you, we watch a lot of NBA games, but one of the things I enjoy about going to the games is you kind of get a different perspective. So that's one of the things, especially because this year we've gone to so many games because of the season tickets, you know, you get to size up your own team in a different way. You kind of get to see the guys that maybe they're not on the camera because they don't have the ball in their hands or some of those little things, you know, down low, whatever the case, you get to see their size, their speed, how they move. Um, I'll tell you what, Jason Tatum, one of the best players I've seen all year. And we've been to a lot of games. He was, dude, he was legit, bro. I mean, that guy was hitting everything. And then Jalen Brown had a quite almost 32. I know you, you told Gus before he told me, he said, you know, Ryan said bet Jason Tatum on the over. I looked, Mm -hmm. it was 30 and a half and 30 and a half was a tough take on the over. I told, I told him, I want to say I told him because he asked, he's like, what what about bets? And I said, Hey, if Jason Tatum is, if his line's at 28, if the over under is at 28, take the over. I did tell him that. Yeah. 30 and a half is a tough take. I don't want that many points because you never know. Um, He covered, I think 32, he covered, but Jesus, he was, he was really good, man. Um, you know, Jason Tatum was really good and, you know, not to talk to the teams, but it's, it's just to talk about it. It was one of those, the, the Kings were up in that fool's face, fucking hitting every shot. So, um, that was, that was one of my big takeaways. But the other thing is, is the takeaway, Ryan, is that, which we can talk about a little more because you went to the game tonight is a bonus dude. That guy, um, you will save it, but man, that guy, that guy impressed me. So let's, let's kind of, you know, work our way through the weekend. Cause it seemed like it's been a Kings weekend for sure. So. Uh, we got the tickets yesterday to the Arco farewell. farewell. So if you were like thinking, oh, man, I missed out. What did you say, Ryan? Underwhelming, right? I think you said that. Well, l- let's be. All right, let's put this in. The thing. OK, so for season ticket holders, um, which we kind of dropped the ball and didn't go during the season ticket holder time, it looked fairly cool, right? Like they had, you know, Brad Miller was there. Vladi was there. Doug Christie was there. It looked like they put on a presentation, but I'm talking, you know, for the everyday fan who doesn't have season tickets and showed up like when we did, underwhelming, under fucking whelming. Just just flat out, you know, just just flat out, you know, just bad, dude. Disappointing. You know, like that was showing you put on for the everyday fan. You know, that was the farewell, really. You know, and we got there 
at right at two o'clock when it started for the normal people, right? Two to six. We were there two to probably three, if that. And it was just, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to rip them a little bit. You know, um, I've seen a lot of stuff today about, you know, why wasn't Grant Napier involved at all? Yeah, he wasn't, you know, Grant wasn't there at no, you know, they had photos hanging up in the arena, no Grant photos, you know, um, no, no players or coaches were there when the everyday fans were in there. It was literally, you walked in, they had center court of the hardwood in the middle of the court. Okay. Nothing, everything else was concrete. There was a spotlight on the hardwood and then surrounding the court were just pictures of cool Kings moments, you know, in Arco. And that was fucking it, dude. And there was a line out the parking lot, dude, a two hour wait. And it was kind of, you know, the more I, the more I thought about it last night when I got home, I'm like, dude, that's, that's, you know, we didn't really give a shit because of, you know, Eric's going to tell a story, but we didn't really give a shit because of how the way it went down. But for the everyday fan that waited hours in the parking lot, Sacramento Kings, shame on you, dude. Shame on you guys that Arco. It was very disappointing. Yeah. So we roll up and we didn't go to the season ticket time because I, you know, I didn't really know the Ryan and Doug, they're asking me, you know, what's it going to be like, Mike? Honestly, I didn't do my research. I don't really care. Let's just roll up. I thought it was going to be this just open thing, like a lot going on. You kind of walk around. They, you had to claim tickets. So I assumed they were going to control the attendance that way. And so we roll up and we're immediately, we get there too. We park at the end, like the tip tips at the end. And it was kind of crazy going to Arco after all, you know, all the years you go there. I love going games there. It was all overgrown. It was crazy how overgrown it was and the cracks and the sidewalks and everything. And so we walk up and, and I look and it looks to be a line. And I tell the guys, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, guys, that's a line. Like that, that can't be because the line was literally like out to like, it looked like you went to Indercombe High School. It was deep, dude. It was like, Jesus, that, that 20,000 people in a line, literally. I mean, yeah. I'm not exaggerating. Different. It was like, one, and it wasn't like multiple lines, like at, it was a single file line of like 20,000 people. Literally for a mile. They were like, dude, we, I don't, I'm not doing this. Well, Ryan and Doug and I had a couple beers before we went out at Hilltop out here. So we go to Hilltop. We start drinking some beers. We get out there with a little buzz. We have to pee really bad. And we're like, Jesus, dude, there's 20,000 people in a line to get in this place. We have to pee. So we decide we're going to go to the a barren side of Arco where there's nobody like the east side. So we walk over there. We pee behind some bushes. We're like, you know what? Fuck this line. Right. So Ryan gets the bold idea and he's like dude let's sneak through a back door and <laughs> so so we're like okay so first we go out we come up on some security guards that were just trying to hide out of the way and get paid and we're like can we get in they're like nah you can't get in this way we're like all right for sure so we go we keep walking right we see a loading dock like where you know this is where they load a bunch of shit down you have to go walk down it goes underneath the arena so doug i feel like doug he's he's probably listening to this hey doug he was a little timid he didn't want to make the move but ryan was like dodge it yeah, let's go down there. And I'm like, fuck it, let's do it. So we walk down there and, and we're watching this 20,000 people wait. We're like, fuck it, dude. We just walk down to this loading dock and we go, we, we find ourselves in a tunnel behind Arco Arena. And in, in Arco Arena, in, in Arco, Arena. we're inside Arco. We just walked yeah. in. There's nobody there. And there's a guy way down, like, you know, maybe 400 feet away. And he starts approaching us. And what he, he says something to you, Ryan. What do he, he goes, say? He goes, he goes, hey, can I help you guys? And we just kept it moving. Nope. Can't help us, man. We're looking to get in. So, you know, we don't even know what we're looking for. We're in the loading dock. We could find ourselves in, in the storage room. So literally the first door I open, I like, guys, we got to come in this one. I open up the door and right there is the center court. It's glowing. The, the lights are off and there's just like a glowing in the hardwood. 
And we literally just walked right into our into the into the floor of Arco Arena unchecked and just cut about eh, 20,000 people and walked right in, dude. And no one said a fucking word. <laughs> and it, it was it was hilarious because the you know there was ushers blocking the entranceways so people couldn't just like kind of just exit anyway. Like it was kind it was one way in, one way out. Well, the usher had his back to us, okay, and it's pitch black, okay. And let's be honest, the ushers that the Sacramento Kings hire, okay, they're a little bit on the elder elderly side, okay. So <laughs> we guy, literally that guy was old. This thing was old, okay. <laughs> so you know, we're buzzing. We come through, and we just—it's pitch black. We just walk right by the fucking guy. Guy did I, honestly. I looked back when we got about maybe twenty yards away from him. That dude had no fucking clue, man. He was looking down at his shoes. He probably didn't even know where he was at, honestly. So uh, it was just a crazy, it was a, it was a really funny experience because of just, you know, it's fucking Arco, dude. The, the iconic Arco arena for us growing up and stuff. And um, we were really upset because the line was so big. So, um, you know, get in there. Okay. We in there, we're, we're in there. And by the way, I tagged Kang's cast hella big on the court. Just, just, you know, just to leave our mark. Um, but we're inside there and we're, we're pumped. Okay. So the first like four minutes we're in there and we're just like, holy shit, dude, this is dope. We're in the court narco. We snuck in. This is hilarious. And then it kind of just hit us. We start looking around and we're like, what the fuck is this dude? It's literally like a little piece of hardwood that says gangs, some pictures. And that was it. And we were just like, well, fuck, dude. Good thing. You know, it, it, it was fun. You know, it was cool. The experience we had, we snuck in narco. Great. But we were just like, dude, thank the Lord we did not sit in that line of 20,000 people. I would have been so pissed. You think I'm ripping that farewell tour right now? I would have, dude, I would have wanted my money back and the fucking tickets were free. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> if you had, you know, but honestly, cutting. So this is what what, what Ryan and I said we got in because Doug, Doug, Doug even says, like, I, I normally would do something like that. But I just kind of followed your guys' lead. Right. And, and we told him, he says, shoot or shoot, dude, shoot or shoot. And we, shoot and we, shoot. We got right in, and you're right though. We saved ourselves probably two and a half, three two hours. hours. Yeah, minimum, yeah. minimum. And if you were there, you're you know what we're talking about. And you, and yeah, so we it was underwhelming. We got out of there right when we walk out. We're like, where the fuck do we go now? Right. So we walk out. They have a they have a merch area uh, where you're supposed to line up and walk in, and then they're supposed to be handing out merch. Right. Well, we cut that line because because no one was paying attention. So we just cut <laughs> we cut that line. I mean, there's metal detectors to get in. There's people checking shit. We just Sorry, walked. Man. We man. literally walked right up. I don't care. We sound I don't like, care. We sound real, we, I don't care at all either. We sound like real assholes. OK, but you know what? All right. Just, just a little background on this week. OK, my wife was out of town all weekend. OK, the beers were fucking flowing. I was feeling good and I was trying to do some hood rat shit, bro. With my yes, friends, right. comes down to but you with, know, so we, we friends, get in, bro. We, hell we, lines. <laughs> we get in that, we get it. You know, this is on them though. We get in the merch area, and Jesus, I, th- I thought it was gonna be organized like you're gonna walk through, all right, you take one, you take one, and you're just like kind of walking through. That's it's organized, right? Like a big tent, like, like people be handing stuff as you walk by, dude. I felt like a crackhead. They had boxes scattered, all, probably 50, a 50 yard tent, a pretty big tent, right? And it yeah, was tons yeah. of boxes, and, and people were just ransacking. There's people yelling one per person. I was like, all right, dude, I'm going to respect the rules. You know, I'm going to take one, even though I haven't to this point at all. I mean, I just <laughs> broke in Arco Arena. I just cut the line, but I, I, suddenly I'm going to respect the rules and take 
you know, one poster and one cup or whatever. You're well, gonna, that lasted one Gerald Wallace poster. Yeah, that took that literally the first box. I took one and I realized everyone didn't give a shit. So then I literally grabbed a box and you grabbed the box and Doug grabbed the box and everybody's just started filling everything up. And um, so, you know, and then we basically got out of there. So if you missed out, man, don't be. I think that, yeah, to, on a serious note, though, it's kind of disappointing. Like they could have put a little more effort into it yeah. and kind of made it yeah. more free flowing. The fact that it was like single file lines and that they they didn't check tickets. And I didn't see I didn't see one player. I didn't see one coach. I didn't see anybody notable at all, dude. Um, you know, so anyway, that, that that's a funny story. If we're talking about Ryan, since we're on the topic, like fa- favorite Arco moments, you know, um, that that might be my number one favorite right there of all time. And it was the last one. So, I mean, that, yeah, that's sneak, a good one. Sneaking, sneaking, sneaking into Arco is pretty epic. I, you know, and I think I've told some podcast, but get, let me, since we're on the topic, let me give my favorite Arco moment. Okay. Me and Eric, we're brothers. We have another brother who's older than us. Uh, the three of us went to a game psh, 10 years ago. What do you think, Eric? 10 years ago? Probably close. Seven years ago. Something like that. Anyways, 2014. Maybe the last maybe yeah. last year of Arco close to it. Anyways, uh, we're there early drinking beers. The guys come up to us and they're like, hey, you guys want to participate in the halftime show? We're like, oh, oh shit. Okay. Our older brother uh, got to do the tricycle race or on the court at halftime dressed as Mario from, you know, the Mario Bros and stuff. And uh, I was told that, you know, they're like, hey, we want you to come down right before the third quarter starts. Okay. And at the first time out of the third quarter, you're going to, you know, do the, uh, you know, you shoot the layup, you shoot the free throw, you do the three point, you do the half court shot timed. Right. And if you get this, blah, 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 you win a prize. So I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. All right. And, you know, I don't like to brag or anything. Okay. You know, we don't really talk about it on here, but you know, I, if I can shoot. Okay. So I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Like that's easy money, dude. Like I'll fucking for sure. I'll for sure hit a layup a free throw to three in the times, you know, the time slot. So I was like, for sure, that's going to happen. Half court. You never know. Okay. But I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to win some shit. So our brother goes down, wins the fucking tricycle race. Okay. Dressed as Mario, which was epic, dude. We are hella cheering drunk. It was awesome. Well, something happened. Kings are playing the maps. Something happens and t- there's no time for me to, to do the, the corpse, right? So they brought me down in Arco into the tunnel for the whole third quarter, dude. And I remember, and I'm sitting in the tunnel entrance, okay? And freaking the Mavericks, dude, it's like Dirk, those guys, you know, it's like the, you know, it's 2014 maps, you know? And I'm sitting there, you know, Dirk DeMarcus Cousins on the team. And, and, and I got to watch this, dude. And it was one of the greatest things. It was one of my greatest sports experiences ever. Um, sitting there and to cap it all off after the game. Okay. We go down and me and Eric are down there and we're trying to see some players and some cool stuff. And Eric, I don't know if you remember this, but Michael Finley was walking on the far side of the court. Okay. And and we're big Michael Finley fans, dude, because Michael Finley was hella cool back on like NBA live Oh four. Right. Michael Finley is walking across the court. Nobody's talking to him because you're in Sacramento. Half these people probably don't know who he is. And me and Eric are like, Hey Finley. And Michael Finley turns over, gives us a fucking shout out, bro. And uh, we got hella hyped. And, you know, that's, you know, sneaking into Arco is cool, man. But I think that right there was was my favorite Arco memory. Well, it's fun because the thing I feel like you don't get now as much at the Golden One Center that you had at Arco is I felt like you could move around that place a little more freely. So, you know, we especially when we were younger, 
we would go to games and like probably like a lot of people uh, way early, like two hours early. Right. And we would walk down and you'd be able to stand courtside during warmups. I mean, that I, you don't really get to do that much at the Golden One Center now. It just seems like they kind of police it. It's crowded. There's there's the distance between those courtside seats, and they kind of question why you're down there. But that was the thing. You used to be able to, and then after games, too, you just go walk right down there every single game. And no one said shit we, to I you. Th- I think that's I think that same game, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure me and you sat on the bench in the seats. Remember that? And people didn't say anything to us. Remember we were just sitting there? Yeah, po- post-game. And- you could just do that post game yeah we were literally sitting like on the court and nobody said anything to us you know and it yeah. was cool because i we, i have pictures dude it's me and you standing right there and bill russell is like a step away from us right yeah yeah i remember you that know? one and, yeah. that, and that's and, and that's unheard of at golden one you're right yeah i don't really think about because you know we're not kids anymore we've been to so many games we just kind of get in there sit at our seats watch the game keep it moving dude but you know when, when we were younger that was something we totally were just like you know go go down and watch all the games up close i mean we always talk about I took you to your first game when you were still in high school, I think. And we went out there and watched the, the Shaquille O'Neal Suns, and we got to go and watch uh, Steve Nash warm up. And that was that was really awesome. I mean, one of my cool memories for me is was an on-court experience as well. I've told it on pod before, but I got to shoot the half-court shot once. Um, and that uh, that was interesting. I mean, if for anybody wants to know how it works, they literally just walked. So I was with my wife, and we were still dating at the time. And we show up late. They just come up on you. Hey, do you want to do you want to do a half court shot? And I'm like, uh, I'm thinking it's a prank. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Right. Because I'm, I'm, I'm wearing the Kings gear. I think they were just looking for a, somebody in the Kings gear. And so they're like, we're going to come grab you. But long story short, they came and grabbed me. They took my wife and I down courtside to sit basically like, hey, wait, we're going to wait for an opportunity. Well, there was no dead ball opportunity or whatever. So I ended up sitting courtside for half the game. It was against the heat. I remember I get the, the ball bounced right to my chest. I handed it to Chris Bosch. Uh, that was cool. But I ended up getting on the, and to shoot the half court. And that's really weird, dude. Being center court on a packed arena and everyone going crazy and like just cheerleaders around you was kind of surreal. Um, you feel out of place. The, the, the weird thing about shooting the half court shot is old Arco, dude, they, it was on rollers. It was like elevated. The court was elevated. So when you were on it, you were, it was weird. You felt like you were on this like lifted platform and the, ha- the half court shot or the half court hoop looked really weird. Cause it was like, it was in, it had no depth perception because the, the seats behind it were so far, the arena is so big. So, you know, you shoot at a regular gym, the hoops basically on the wall, right? Your depth perception is right there, but it was really weird when it just, it seemed like it was this hoop floating in space. And so that was the hard part. I, I remember thinking like, dude, I don't know how far this is. And I don't want to be one of these dudes that just totally looks like a, like a noob, like non-athlete, you know? Um, and, and it sucked because no lies. I'm full of excuses on this story every time I tell it. But, you know, I train legs unlike a lot of people out there, Ryan. And I legitimately squatted that day, legitimately. And my legs were toast. So I remember I squatted down and when I, when I, when I'm, Lifted up, I hella thrusted all upper body, just the weakest upper body, like follow through. I was on a line, I hit the net, but I didn't sink the shot. And I needed a car too. You know, I really needed a car, but that was a fun, <laughs> that was a fun experience. You know, it's funny. They're like, they, they, they ask you, were, I don't know if they asked you this when you did yours, but like, were you a, uh, were you a, uh, a college athlete? Cause I guess that disqualifies you probably from participating. But um, no, I, I did not get asked that because, you know, um, I was young when that, when I went down there and I was also, you know, I'm an average white guy. Okay. Let's be real. Uh, 
at the time I was, you know, 18, 19, I was 5'10", 160 pounds. In other words, you just look like a little bitch. <laughs> just look like, I look like a little bitch. They, <laughs> they were worried about the kind of college D1 athlete that I was, but unbeknownst to them, they done fucked up if they would have let me do that. Cause I would have fucking hit them all. Um, but oh, I forgot to, I forgot to throw this in. So because the time ran out and I wasn't able to do that, um, they asked me, Hey, you know, like we're going to ship you a, a signed Jersey. Like who do you want on the team? And this was right when Rudy Gay got there. And, you know, I wanted to Marcus cousins and I was like, I want a boogie cousins Jersey. And they were like, all right, for sure. What if we can't get boogie? And I was like, Oh, well, Rudy Gay. So I ended up getting a Rudy Gay signed Jersey mailed to me randomly, like six months later after this happened, dude, it randomly showed up in the mail literally six months later. Like I, I had, I hadn't even thought about it, you know, like I was like, Oh, I guess that's not happening. And randomly, you know, that old ugly purple one, uh, from, you know, that time that ugly one, you guys know what I'm talking about, but it was just the, the ugly purple, but Rudy Gay signed Jersey. I ended up selling it to a buddy of mine who I was in the military with, who was a, uh, a big Yukon fan. So I sold it to him for a hundred bucks. So, uh, you know, good time. So, uh, a lot of fun, man. A lot, you know, a lot of good memories. Like you said, dude, you, you took me to my first, um, Kings game to, you know, there is Phoenix versus the Kings and in 07, um, when Shaq was there and Steve Nash and Jason Richardson and, um, you know, 07, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of older too, but you know, me and Eric, we grew up poor, dude. We didn't have time for, I don't know if it was 09, Eric. You think so? I can't yeah, remember. Anyways. Yeah, because I had my license, man. I had that. Anyways, I had a, I remember I drove there. Me, me, you know, me and Eric didn't get to go to the games because we grew up kind of, you know, on the on the poor side of life. So we didn't have money. So Eric, when I was shit at the time, I think this might have been my 15th or 16th birthday. Eric hooked it up with like some $12 tickets, bro. And we sat way at the top. And Eric drove me all the way to SAC from Antica to the game. So uh, shout out to you, bro. That was a that was a very good very good time, dude. And, and me me yeah, me and Eric always talk about this. Okay, so we went down early. We we got to shake hands with Jason Richardson, Shaq signed our stuff, Steve Nash, and a um, lot of, lot of guys, dude. But the most impressive thing I've ever seen in my life to this day, sports wise, is Steve Nash's pregame workout, Eric. And I know you can vouch for this, dude. And we've talked about him before. How impressive. That was people, you know, you always see the TikToks of Steph Curry warming up, throwing crazy shots or shooting from the tunnel. Nobody had a pregame workout like Steve Nash, dude. To this day, I guarantee it. Yeah. Hell technical, you know, just to- dude, dude, just remember how crazy it was, dude. He was just on his left foot dribbling with his left hand. He would jump to his right foot, shoot a shot, sprint, sprint to the side, you know, touch the freaking half court. And it was just like, how is this guy? How is he going to play after this? Like this, this dude literally went for a full workout. He's drenched in sweat. And then he comes out and just gives straights buckets and assists. And, and, you know, and the Suns win by 20. So it was just extremely impressive, man, being there and, and watching that. So that, one of the great memories I have of Arco. There's something, you know, he kind of, I hadn't been back to Arco since Golden One Center opened, obviously. Right. And so you kind of forget, you just kind of move on. And the Golden One Center is beautiful in its own right. It's got its own attractions to it but being back in there yesterday it kind of uh it, it was it was it was definitely nostalgic and that's a, that was a lot of a lot of people like on twitter and stuff that are our age it was like okay that was their childhood a lot of people who are older like you know in their 30s late 20s right now 
you know, they're looking back. The last time the Kings were good were there. Their childhood was there. Everything, all the best part of the Kings were there. And it's like a, it represents like an era um, that a lot of, you know, younger fans that are honestly getting older. And I have some kids that work for me. They're like 20. Like, dude, they're born in like 2000, you know, 2000. They don't know about that. So it's like we're getting kind of older. And that's what it kind of represented. But Arco, I will say. It made me kind of miss it. It made me kind of miss the games there because it was smaller. Like it, it you know, it was just smaller. It was, it was more just like seats right on top of personal. you. It was yeah. just more personal. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was different. And you kind of forgot about that. Yeah. You kind of forgot about that. Cause we've gone to so many games and go once there now, but then you get back and you're like, shit, man, this place is smaller. This place did have this. It was really loud. That place, the, the wood did rock, you know, on the seats when people would stomp their legs. Cause they were just kind of always like pulled out. You, you know, like high school style, you know how they had the old school style where you pull the, the you pull the uh, ch- the chairs out, if you will. Right. The seats out. Um, everything's on rollers, you, you know, everything in there. And uh, so, you know, not to be like all sappy and shit, but they're they, they're not going to make stadiums like that anymore. They're not going to make arenas like that anymore. They're just going to be bigger and, you know, futuristic and stuff. So, yeah, that was just kind of an interesting interesting experience to be able to go back and walk in there. But as far as, you know, again, but as far as like, you know, the way the Sacramento Kings could have handled it, it could have been much better. It it was at the end, at the end of the day. Yeah. At the end of the, at the end of the day, dude, it was, I, I feel like they were relying on people to be nostalgic. And it was like, dude, you could have had the jumbotron going, you know, or a TV monitor in the corner, a big monitor going on a projector of King's, you know, highlights in Arco, you know, the, the Bibby shot and all that kind of stuff, you know, the Tyreek freaking half court game winner and all this shit. You could have done that, but instead in typical Kang's fashion, underwhelming didn't perform, you know, it was kind of disappointing. I, I was disappointed, but you know, as you know, we're driving in the car and we're talking about nostalgic back. And like, yeah, that's all great and all. But typical Kings fashion, dude, you could have done better. All and it, it wouldn't have took that much planning. And, and the memorabilia section, you, I know you touched about it and it's kind of off topic a little bit, but the memorabilia thing that was going down, that was that was a disgrace, dude. It was an absolute disgrace of just they just threw shit under this tent and people were literally like scavengers, dude. We're guilty of it too. I I saw an opportunity and I seized it. Let's be real, you know. But it it was it was it was horrible, dude. Like I I really thought that they could have done a better job, but in typical Kings fashion, you know, they faltered. And um, thankfully, there's a lot of good memories in Arco that you know kind of just kept us through the day. And at the end of the day, I'm I'm very thankful I was allowed to you know allowed. That wasn't even allowed. I'm thankful I was <laughs> the opportunity to sneak into Arco. <laughs> yeah yeah and, and you know and one last time but um definitely could have done better man i, I you know and i'll stay with that dude people say whatever they want dude. it was disappointing it was fucking disappointing yeah well i think it was a good episode for us to come in here and let people know about that experience we didn't really talk too much about the kings right tonight did you, did you want to go on it i know we're going to record some episodes this week you want to talk a little bit about yeah, tonight yeah. yeah 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 a few things few things um by the way, I got about uh, 57 Wallace posters from 2003. If you guys want them, I'm selling them at $3 a piece. Um, you know, stamps and shipping not included. <laughs> um, 
but no, Kings wise, dude, being at the game tonight. Okay, there's nine games left. Um, Sacramento, they're out of it. Okay, it's it's done. Darren Fox has played the last two games. Um, I I really believe it's time to shut it down. Okay, and 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 I'm not talking about tanking and trying to lose the rest of the games because what does that bring you, right? I'm talking about Darren Fox and Demontis Sabonis are done, dude. When I was at the game tonight, okay, when Sabonis went down, that was right in front of me. Okay, I was right there. When Sabonis went down, you know, I was telling you, I, I thought he tore his freaking ACL, dude. I was telling everybody around him, oh, Sabonis tore his ACL. There goes next season, right? We're already in March. He wasn't going to come back till January, the early, maybe after the All-Star break, if that happened. And I'm literally sitting there like, holy shit, dude. How unlucky is Sacramento? And it was at that moment, you know, I just kind of thought, okay, Time to shut it down. They're not going to make the plan. Okay, they're it's too far gone at this point. Um, De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis should not play until the 2022-2023 season starts. I, I, I am a firm believer in, you know, Davion Mitchell getting 35 minutes a night as the point guard. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo is getting 30 minutes a night at the two guard. Uh, you know, you play Holiday at the three, and then it's your four and five. I, I think Damian Jones needs to start the last nine games. And you need to play Metu at the four. And that's what you roll off. And it's not tanking. Okay. It's not. It's not, you know, but I think you just play those dudes hella minutes. And you, you know, you get through the next nine games. And, you know, if you lose all nine and you get the fourth pick, great. If you don't, you get the fifth pick, great. You know, but we're healthy going to next year. And 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 that's what these whole these whole trades and everything was about. It was about next year and the year after, right? It's about getting Fox help moving forward and having the cap flexibility to to do something in the offseason. That's what's important. So um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's playing or bust. Nah, I, I don't fucking believe that at all. I don't think that was the um I don't think that was the the um the thought process for Monty McNair when that you know Sabonis trade went down. I think I thought this was a next year and a year after kind of move. And that's what we need to protect, right? So um, I'll be honest, dude. I was buzzing, dude. When you know, I, w- I was about, fuck, I was about eight to ten beers deep when Sabonis fucking went down with the knee injury, dude. And it was like I was freaking out, dude. I'm like, oh my god, I was buzzing, dude. I'm like, oh my god, ACL, fuck, freaking out. And um, you know, when I kind of sobered up a little bit, you know, like an hour later, I was like, all right, Kings need to shut it down, dude. It's good. Get get Davion Mitchell, get Davion Mitchell the minutes and. And let's look forward to next season and let, let's, you know, make a run and play out legit playoff spot next year. Well, and like you said, it's mostly about the injury risk and not meeting the reward. And I think we can tease, we'll tease uh, the next episode because something I have where, it, you know, it, I was, I was, I want to do an episode and I wanted to title it like it wasn't a win now. It wasn't a win now trade because there's been a lot of chatter about that. And I think that we can elaborate into that more as the next couple episodes unwrap, but I, I don't disagree with you. I think that, and you don't feel this way either. Where we differ, I want not, we differ from other people is like, I don't, it's not like just tank so you can get one better draft pick spot. I honestly, I get that. I get that thought process, but then there is part of me too where look at man, at the end of the day, too, we're fans and we go to the games and I like to watch the games and you only have so many of them and. It gets, you know, you, you get into like the thick of the offseason. You're like, man, I really, really want to watch some fucking Kings games. And Kingsland, I, there's a, you know, we have another saying Kingsland's always better when the Kings win. The games are better when the Kings uh, go, get after it. You know, Ryan, one of the, the most disappointing game I've ever been to in my entire life was last year 
where they allowed fans for the first time and you and I went to the game. Remember that? And there was like nobody in the game. They let like 5,000 people in and the Kings got blasted by the Utah jazz by like 30 late in the season. It was, and it was just like, dude, I don't want to watch this anymore. It's just pathetic. I don't want to watch it. You know, like I don't want to sit through this. So I think that the thing is, is that the Kings seem to be competing Clearly, they had a tough stretch. I mean, they played the Celtics, they played the Bulls, they played, you know, the Suns, like they played Milwaukee. Like they they had a really tough stretch. I mean, those are like the the who's who of the NBA this season. And they got after it. And I think that's you want to see that too. But I, I don't disagree with you in that. Just protect the health of the players, you know, and see where it goes. But we can talk about that, elaborate that on that more, I guess, the next couple episodes, man. Um, good Arco talk, good fun talk, sneaking to Arco Arena. Like we said, funniest stories out there. If you have some funny stories about Arco, feel free to hit us up. Maybe we'll share some on the podcast if people hit us up. So, hey, guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and at Kingscast Ryan. If you want to support Kingscast, the best way to do so is to slide down after the show on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you do that, We'll read on the show, and it helps us reach more Kings fans just like you. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.